Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined by my co-host and my good friend, Devin. And today, we're here to give our thoughts and reflections on the series finale of Miss Marvel, Episode 6, which is titled No Normal. And before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet, um, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at FilmOptics, that is Optics with an X, or you can email us at FilmOptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Devin, oh Devin, did you check out those 2022 Emmy nominations? <laughs> yeah, as they were as they were coming in, I just seeing people tweeting about it. Yeah, it it was kind of crazy. I I wasn't able to like watch the live stream because I was at work, but um, I gotta say, man, I mean, there, there's some ex- um expected shows, you know, to be here, especially for like, you know, the best, the drama series, which is like the, the best picture winner type, you know, best drama series. You got things like euphoria severance making the list there. I've been, been watching. It's been, uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, stranger things. Just wait. Yeah. Oh man. I, so I, I need, so I'm, uh, I, I'm all over the place because the spectacular Spider-Man is on Netflix. And I'm like, I feel like I can blow through this really quick. And I just got to the symbiote, uh, story arc, which famously is like one of the uh, best story arcs for Spider-Man, uh, with Eddie Brock and Venom. But, um, yeah, it's just been, I've been trying to balance between that and severance um, I need to go back to Severance, though. I, I feel like it, it may be this weekend because those episodes are so long. And, you know, with Spectacular Spider-Man, it's 22, 24 minutes and then you're done. But, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a ride for both. I'm three episodes in for Severance. So I got six more left. So, you know, that got nominated. Uh, Squid Game was actually another big uh that was a shock, honestly. I didn't know that was kind of make it for a best drama series, but it is very good. Yeah, good luck in that category. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. There are some big heavy hitters here. I mean, I haven't watched Yellow Jackets, um, but that one, um, I hear it's really good. Succession, I've heard nothing but good things about. I do want to start watching that, but I mean, it's try to watch it forever. Uh, Ozark, I never got into, but I hear it's good. Better Call Saul here is phenomenal. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty uh, big matchup for the drama series, but a few snubs here and there, no stranger things, um, actors or actresses. Um, I was very shocked (laughs) to be completely honest with you. Yeah. The whole stranger things thing is just, strange in general because they're splitting it up between the two parts of the season so one's going to be this year and the second one's going to be next year it just doesn't make any sense right so for everyone out there uh before we get into our actual review sorry we we promised we would do a little bit of uh emmy talk beforehand some some pre-talk i guess you could call it but um yes so for stranger things um only the first seven episodes are eligible for this year's emmys um, since the last two episodes did not air until after um, Emmy voting concluded, 
it has to be for next year, which I like, and I was tweeting about this. Like, I didn't know if that was like a genius move by Netflix or if that was just them like shooting themselves in the foot (laughs) because like it kind of works out for them because, you know, like you said, they, they now have two years of the same season, you know, back to back that they can, um, you know, start marketing for this, but it's like, it's all the same season. So it's kind of, it's very weird. Yeah. The same thing happened for better call Saul and their, their split season from that uh, final season. Oh, okay. So that is what happened. Okay. I got you. It's very confusing when it comes to this. I'm not sure if that is a Netflix fault thing or if that is a, you know, the television Academy when it, when it comes to, to all of that. So I, I really don't know for, for the Emmys. I don't know who it really falls on, but the Emmys will air live, excuse me, coast to coast, 8 PM Eastern on Monday, September 12th on NBC. So definitely check that out. We'll put a link to all of the nominees in the episodes down below. We just don't have time to go through everything because we're here to talk about some Miss Marvel season finale, y'all. We're going to get into all the weeds, all of the meat and potatoes of this episode because this has definitely changed uh, the course of the MCU. And we're very, very excited to talk about it. So, uh, Devin, are you ready just to dive in there? Just just dive back into Jersey. Joyzy. We're going home. I was born ready. You say we're born ready. Oh, oh okay. yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this introduction to Miss Marvel, episode six. Maybe they're right. I spend too much time in fantasy land. That is not you. It's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who saved the world. That's the fantasy, too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back. And you just heard a little snippet of the trailer for Miss Marvel. Again, we are going to be covering episode six, which is the season finale slash series finale, I guess you could say, because, you know, Marvel loves sticking to those, you know, six episode arcs, which I'm sure we'll get back into. I feel like we bring this up a lot because we've literally covered every single um just every single Marvel property out there when it comes to the TV shows, at least uh, this makes what six or seven, no seven, seven shows altogether, six are live action. So that's always fun. But ladies and gentlemen, if you are new here, if you're not familiar how we operate here on the show, we always get into our initial reactions first, which is our non-spoiler section. Then we hop on into spoilers and we'll give you guys a little bit of a um, warning there. And trust me, you'll know when it's coming. And then we get into our Easter eggs, our final thoughts, and then our ratings. Um, As I've mentioned on uh, a past episode, um, moving forward with any like TV show that we do, cover that is a week-to-week basis um we're not going to give our ratings until the end of the show because sometimes i feel like there's a bit of a competition thing going on everyone has to rank everything all the time and at first i found it to be very fun and like you know rank each episode but 
I get very tired of it. <laughs> I don't know about you, Devin, but I'm very, very tired of it. So I think from here on out, when it comes to us covering uh, TV shows weekly, we're not going to give our actual like ratings until the show finishes because I, I just feel like it's fair to the TV show. Obviously, you know, we can give our thoughts, but yeah, I think we had mentioned that a few episodes back, but I can't remember which episode it was. It might have been a Miss Mar- Mar- uh, Miss Marvel episode, so I'm not entirely sure. Well, here we are at the end. It's time for the reckoning. <laughs> the reckoning. We've come to the end of the road here. So, Devin, why don't you go ahead and give your initial reactions to Miss Marvel? Yeah, but they pulled it off. I mean, it was it was a pleasant surprise. I think this is probably the best finale to an MCU so- show since Loki. Um, I might actually have it second behind Loki as far as finales go, but it was just a great, great way to end it. I mean, it all comes together. We get some surprise, very surprise reveals at the end that we'll get into, but it just did a great job of kind of bringing all the characters back together and setting up, um, this kind of home loan high school storyline that just becomes really fun and energetic. And there's just a lot going on. We get some evolutions for, for, uh, Kamala and her powers, there's just so much going on here and it all wraps up so nicely. And then the end is just the icing on top, just changes everything for the future of the MCU, which I don't think anybody really expected, but it's going to be crazy. I would definitely agree with you there, Devin. Um, you know, since, since, um, since Marvel decided to, you know, just go past this, the six episode arc. And I think you actually sent me a um, little snippet from I think it was Eric Kripke from the the boys where he said a lot of filmmakers are comfortable with the idea that they can give you like a 10 um, 10 hours of like a movie uh, where nothing happens until the eighth hour and it's you know they're really making like that 10 hour movie type situation and it's like well no it's supposed to be a tv show um i feel like miss marvel was serialized enough um to kind of stray away from the pack from the rest of the other mcu shows but i really did enjoy the finale um you know it like you said it had that home alone you know the the big battle at the school you know defending the school or trying to defend the school at least you know away from damage control um they definitely tried to tie in a few uh threat storylines together with uh the gen and of course damage uh damage control i I really like how it really was about you know not just miss marvel and her friends but like the city also fighting back in a way the classic Spider-Man to uh, get the city, getting the city behind you. Yeah, he's like, you messed with one of us, you messed with all of us. <laughs> yeah, definitely some some Spider-Man uh, heavy vibes there. I believe this does take place before No Way Home, um, at least the season uh, season finale. Because when you're watching it, there is like an overshot of the uh, Statue of Liberty, and it is not um, MCU-ified yet. So I believe this does happen before um, the events of Noe Home. Yeah, I wish I wish the MCU did a better job of giving us a clearer timeline of when these shows are set because they kind of do it like like when a movie comes out they'll they'll put it on Disney Plus and they'll be like in the order of the timeline, but it just gets messy after with all these releases. Yeah, I do agree there, and sometimes it, and I understand they can't nest. I mean, it would be nice if they were just to release these in like timeline order 
but you know, we could be getting, obviously, you know, we got no way home, which is in phase four, which happens way before, I mean, excuse me, way after the events of Miss Marvel. At least that's what I'm seeing um, on my side, but it is very, it, it's kind of all over the place, but you know, like I digress. I really just enjoyed this uh, finale um, you know, everything that it came with, you know, um, Kamala has really gone through a, um, not just a personal journey, but a spiritual journey as well, uh, when it comes to, uh, her identity and trying to figure out who she is in the world. Um, you know, this episode definitely gives us some more Bruno love <laughs> that we've been missing for Bruno's the past back. two episodes. Bruno is back and he, um, he, he's got a few nice new upgrades. We'll definitely talk about here in a bit but yeah it, it was a really great uh time i i've thoroughly enjoyed this series so far and like i just said it's only just the six episode arc that really just keeps going back to back where like and i think heavy spoilers also said it where he did enjoy this season like so much but it's like you know they they keep sticking to this six episode arc yeah like the the story and the characters and all of it's there but it's just when you stick to that structure over and over again it just kind of restricts you yeah it's it's very tough i was actually talking to uh mike thomas about everything and he he had said that and i actually showed him the uh, air crypt key uh quote about you know filmmakers just wanting to make a 10-hour movie and then nothing happens until like the final hour um this is actually coming from mike thomas over at the novice cinephile and over at the amateur otaku podcast and the chatter after um podcast as well as collider he does a lot of great stuff but i was talking to him earlier today and he mentioned that uh marvel um does this with their shows meaning you know the, the six hour um you know feeling like a six hour movie or, you know, uh, more so like six, eight hour movie, you know, he's saying that this is why their shows don't always land and they still follow the three act structure, but instead of implying it to each individual episode, uh, the show is a six hour movie, meaning that act two of the story starts in episode three, making it feel like um, a drag in the beginning. And then, all of a sudden it rushes to the finale. So that was, again, that was Mike's quote that um, he had, I was talking to him earlier about, and I think he hit the nail on the head. And that's a lot of what heavy spoilers was saying as well, where the season finales do feel rushed. I mean, I did enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, it felt a little bit rushed to me. Um, you know, just getting to like six episodes, like, wow, it's, it's only been six weeks I feel like we need at least two to three more weeks to flesh out the story and these characters. But, you know, that's that's just something a little bit of word of wisdom from Mike Thomas here on the Film Optics podcast. So, Devin, are you ready just to just dive into spoilers? Because we got to talk about some things here. There's there's a big word that that is used in this episode. Ah, yes, yes. There's there's a few big words that are used in this episode. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is your first spoiler warning for Miss Marvel Episode 6, the finale, again. That is your second spoiler warning for Miss Marvel Episode 6. So, if you haven't seen it, definitely turn back, go watch it. It's about a cool 45-ish minutes, um, definitely. So... I guess we're just going to get into it. 
It's it's just all you need to hear, and you just immediately know what's what's coming. That brought a smile to my face, like to to know that Miss Marvel is a mutant. Yes, that is the giant reveal at the end here, <laughs> and I I love it. It's such a it's not even a post credit scene. It's actually during happens during uh, the runtime of the episode, and um, it is crazy. To think that because I was watching a heavy spoilers video and I did not know this because, again, I just don't read comics um, as much as I used to when I was younger. It's been a long, long time. But apparently Miss Marvel was introduced as a inhuman. But the reason why she was introduced that way is because at the time um, Fox had the rights to um, X-Men. So instead of calling them mutants, they had to call them Inhumans. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the time frame where there was supposed to be an Inhumans movie in the MCU that never came out, and they were they were really trying to make the Inhumans more of a thing than they actually were in reality. Like as far as having actual an actual fan base, just because they didn't have mutants to work with, they wanted something that was similar, but they were trying to really force it, and it just didn't work. I think Feige recognized that. It does make Multiverse of Madness interesting because it's like. Okay, so he, Black Bolt's in there. He's an inhuman, but is he an inhuman? Or if he is an inhuman, was that whole team just kind of just a fun little wink and a and a head nod? Like Kevin Feige did mention that John Krasinski was like a fan casting that they made come to life. So it kind of makes you wonder whether whether that he has a future as as um as Reed Richards, because it could just be like they just gave us that Illuminati just kind of as a one-off. It's kind of a fun little casting choice, and because it seems like they are not moving forward with Inhumans, because we're, we're getting mutants, and Kamala Khan is a mutant as of now. So it's interesting. I think when it came to um, Multiverse of Madness, you know, they were able to just do a lot of crazy things with that movie. Clearly, but. You know, like you said, the fan casting for John Krasinski, it's kind of just like a one off, you know, like they're they're in this space where, you know, Doctor Strange has been held captive by this Illuminati from a different universe. And then obviously Wanda comes in a little bit later and, you know, fries everybody. But I feel like it was just a night. I feel like it was another fan service type situation that's going on there. And when it came to Black Bolt, because I never really watched the Inhumans. I tried. I really tried. I, I've seen some scenes on YouTube, and oh boy, that is rough. Like, you can see why they're they're avoiding it. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think adding Black Bolt into Multiverse of Madness, obviously him being an Inhuman was just, hey, you know, the Inhumans exist, but not in the universe that Marvel is trying to follow. Maybe in time it'll make more sense, but as of right now, it just kind of muddies things up because mm-hmm. it didn't have to be blackballed. It could have been literally anybody, and then this would have been a lot less confusing because if it, if it wasn't blackballed, we'd just be like, all right, and humans don't exist. It'd be that easy. But I guess they they just want to keep it on the table in case they ever do want to go back to them. But it, we're we're moving on with the mutants. That's all I care about. Yeah, I think that's what anyone cares about. And I, it, w- when it comes to the show, you know, for 
San Diego Comic-Con's coming up here pretty quickly. We kind of, you know, we've talked about in the past how, you know, Obi-Wan and Miss Marvel kind of crossed over. I still stand by and think that Obi-Wan should have uh, debuted on Star Wars Day instead of Star Wars Celebration because it really just made no sense. And, you know, I, I they, they have their own schedule. I get it. But, yeah, when, when it comes to Miss Marvel, um, you know, she is a mutant. And I, I, I love how they kind of just they just kind of just throw it in there. It doesn't feel shoehorned in. And, you know, she's just talking to Bruno. And it's like, hey, you know, I've noticed this thing where, you know, I've tested the rest of your uh, family's genes, which. Yeah, they're, they're legitimate questions that, that would come up. And I love how Kamala kind of just, you know, like, oh, like we'll be treated like any other, you know superhuman out there it, like all all the discrimination and whatnot but yeah man um i know we got a little bit off, off topic not really off topic but from everything that we were talking about miss marvel but um uh, just to get a little bit back on track yeah after the um well there's a lot to talk about but overall i really just liked how they were able to have we finally see miss marvel in her classic miss marvel suit and her mother gives it to her which i thought was really really nice it looks great yeah, it was um, it was fantastic. Just the conversations in this episode, you know, what it means to be a hero. And, you know, when, when they go to the mosque, when the uh, <laughs> damage control, who <laughs> I love how heavily spoilers is like, oh, damage control comes in, you know, causes more damage than actually controlling the damage. But <laughs> yeah, I love how like the they they depicted the people in the mosque, like just how used they are to. Oh, the government just being overbearing and surveilling them. Like, sadly, that is just that's just real life, and that's just what they have to deal with. But it's funny how they just all have their IDs ready, and they all have like excuses, and they all have like ways to get around it because they're so used to it. Yeah, I really enjoy. They were like, "Yeah, we've been through this before." <laughs> like, they were like, it wasn't even that. Like, oh, let me give this out of my wallet. Like, oh, it's already in my hand. And I know you're coming. And it's like, and then yes. When that, when that chick at the DODC was like, these people shouldn't have powers. And then her partner was like, what? And then she was like, kids. And it's like, okay, sure. That's, that's what you meant. Yeah. A lot of questionable, uh, like slight prejudice remarks there. I was like, whoa. But yeah, kids, I mean, whatever. It's, it's, uh, so dumb. But yeah, I really, I mean, I like how they added that for, her character, because there might be people in the MCU that think that way. And, you know, as we've followed Kamala on her journey, um, it has been, you know, she even mentioned it herself uh, towards the beginning. I think it was either episode one or two, where it's like, you know, it's not the Brown girl's um, job from Jersey city to like save the world type, you know, thing. So it's kind of like there's, you know, representation matters in, um, Amavalani is like over the moon when it came to, um, you know, this what two year project they were, they were uh, able to put together. And I, I gotta say, I mean, job well done. I mean, regardless, I do wish it was a little bit longer, but I, I would say job well done for sure. But I'll pass it back over to Devin. If there's anything you wanted to mention that we haven't gotten to yet before we close out. Yeah. We also got to mention that post credit scene. We get a nice cameo. It was definitely expected. I feel like it just, it just had to happen because of the nature of this character. But Brie Lawson, Brie Lawson, Captain Marvel makes an appearance. 
Very suddenly. Very suddenly. So I wanted to talk about that actually for a second. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, so some people are thinking, you know, after her bangle starts to glow, that um, Kamala and Carol switch places. But I did a little bit of research. And apparently in the comics, she actually turns, she like shapeshifts into, um, into Captain Marvel. So, but we're not sure if that's, what's happening because for a second I thought that she did shapeshift um, because she's still, uh, you know, when it switches over to Brie Larson, uh, Brie Larson, um, <laughs> she still kind of has like the glowing hands for a second, but then she, you know, picks up like the like broken poster of her and then she looks around, but then she's like, Oh no. But so like, I don't really know which one it is. Like, well, what do you think? I'm not sure which one it is. All I know is that it's probably just going to lead right into to, to the Marvels, and I'm very excited for that movie. I mean, Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and do we have an official name for her yet? Photon? So, yeah, I don't know, because she goes by many names. Um, I don't know which. It's Monica Rambeau, but whatever whatever name they give her, I'm very excited to see her again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She was definitely like one of the best parts of WandaVision. I mean, I, I still love that show like to this day. But yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting to see like this really does change the MCU forever. We, we've been waiting to hear that word for for how long now? <laughs> Since phase three, because everyone was everyone knew it wasn't coming in phase three. But during phase three is when um, Marvel was able to acquire those rights back. I mean, they're the only thing they need back is Spider-Man. <laughs> Just give them back the Spider-Man film rights. Yeah, that's the final piece of the puzzle. And we can put to bed that Sony verse. Yeah. Oh, that's hey, Kevin Feige warned them not to get carried away now. I mean, he's they still a good guy. Beyond carried away with El Muerto. Uh, it's just, where will it end? Where will it end? I don't know. There's going to be an Aunt May movie at some point. <laughs> there's there's, there's going to be a be, Ned movie. There's going to be a Ned movie. There's going to be a Flash Thompson movie where Flash is just living out his days at, um, where did he go to? Boston? <laughs> so, yeah, MIT. MIT, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's gonna be pretty interesting. We're gonna get a what, what was her name? Betty, the uh, the I think it was Ned's like vacation girlfriend from uh, No Way. I'm not yeah, no any I'm any and all obscure character in the Spideyverse. <laughs> it's just fair game for them. Yeah, honestly, we're gonna get. I mean, we've already gotten some mess already, but like, I was looking up that Spider Verse, not Spider Verse. I'm sorry. Um, the um, Madam Web movie, and like I'm, I'm loving the cast. You know, we got we got Cindy Sweeney, we got something Dakota Johnson. Like, okay, okay, but like, what is this movie? Like, other people have been like added to the cast, and like, I just don't know what this is supposed to be. But hopefully, maybe they'll learn the lesson. Nobody knows. Nobody knows at all. But Devin, we're coming up on time here, so let's get into our final thoughts and ratings. So I'll pass it back over to you, so you can give your final thoughts and ratings, and then I'll give mine, and we're gonna peace on out of here. So yeah, as far as the finale, I I think it was great, and I like I mentioned before, right up there with Loki. Um, I'd probably give the finale like a like a ninety overall, just really solid. As far as the the season as a whole, um, it definitely had its ups and downs. 
Like I'd say the first two episodes were really solid. And the third one kind of took a bit of a dip. I really liked the fourth one. That was when uh, the Red Daggers get introduced. And then the fifth one definitely took a dip down in quality just because it felt so rushed and and, and everything. Then they picked it back up for the finale. So I'm glad um, they kind of fixed that issue with the finale being a bit weaker. It seemed to be a trend that was happening. But yeah, overall, I'd give the series probably like a solid 80, 81. Like definitely... Definitely in that upper middle class as far as the MCU shows go. I'd say it's above um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, What If. I'd say it's above them, but still below um, WandaVision, Loki, and Moon Knight for me. We're still right in the middle there. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you. I would probably go with a 90 for this um, for this single episode for the uh, series finale as well. Um, like I said before, you know, I really... Devin has even mentioned it before, you know, we're, we're big coming of age fans here. So this is definitely a, a fantastic coming of age story. I love what they have done with Kamala's story here. And, you know, just the fact that Amon Vellani, um, has enjoyed this, this entire, you know, journey herself just makes it all the better because, you know, everyone who is involved really put a lot of love and care into this. Um, you know, um, uh, and I get so I didn't realize that she had like her unbiggin like whole thing because I totally forgot about that. Yeah, we forgot to mention that that she gets her f- like full power set towards the end where she's unbiggining her whole body and arms and legs and everything, and it it worked. It wasn't as weird weird uh, skin flesh unbiggining. It was <laughs> cosmic unbiggining. Yeah, unbiggining. Um, but definitely, um. For this entire series, I would probably give it like a solid 85. You know, it's just a lot of the issues from each series, like we've mentioned before, just comes from the sixth story arc. I mean, I feel like it could be done, but like they just, they're not changing the formula, even not just to give us more episodes, but like, you know, for the beginning, middle and end, it, I feel like it, I feel like if you're going to do the for, for like these acts, but like uh, Mike said earlier, you know, these, these shows need to be more serialized. And we kind of mentioned that on uh, our solar opposite season three review, which people can go listen to that, you know, it's um, there's certain storylines within there that um, everything's starting to feel more serial serialized, but yeah, overall, I mean, I think, oof, I really like this. This might be my my top three, and I'm not sure if I have like a ranking or anything, but top three for sure is WandaVision, Loki, and Miss Marvel. I don't know where number one would be right now because they're all just so good. Um, but definitely, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed pretty much every series that we've gotten from Marvel um, outside of like Falcon and What If is okay as well. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's on to She-Hulk. So we got that coming up. So that pretty much uh, concludes our review here of Miss Marvel episode six, the series finale. Uh, sad face there because there's no more episodes left. But Marvel is finally giving us a break here. Um, you know, didn't mean to sound like we're actually sponsored by Marvel. It'd be pretty cool if we were, but. Definitely just on the streaming side, you know, um, we have like She-Hulk and Cats and Andor coming up here. But ladies and gentlemen, if you've liked what you've heard here on the show today, um, please, please, please subscribe to our podcast on podcast platforms 
of your choice and make sure to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, your lover, whoever it may be. Make sure to share an episode of the Film Optics podcast with a movie lover in need. And really quick, what's coming up on the podcast here, uh, since we are done with our Miss Marvel coverage here, you can listen to all of our shenanigans that we've talked about for, uh, within these past six weeks. Um, we just uh, released our Solar Opposite Season 3 review, which is a non-spoiler review for people to go check out, as well as our Thor Love and Thunder review and our Umbrella Academy Season 3, three review, which is also non-spoiler. And, of course, you know, we got the Emmys coming up, even though, you know, none of the amazing uh, performances from Stranger Things 4 made it to the Emmys. Um, definitely go check out our Stranger Things 4 Volume 1 and 2 review separately. We've had some amazing guests join us on there. Um, I guess it's it's on to the Emmys here in a bit. I would definitely love, love for us to cover that. That's not till like, September, though, so we got a little bit of time there. Um, kind of odd that it's on a Monday, though, I feel like. I feel like this is a little, little weird. I feel like this should be more of like a weekend event type thing. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, coming up for us, uh, Devin, what is the name of that Netflix movie that we're supposed to be the covering? The Man. The Gray Man. So definitely check out our, uh, keep a lookout for our uh, episode of The Gray Man, which should be hitting um, probably Monday, July 18th, 2022. Um, as of this recording, we are recording on a Wednesday for you guys. So yeah, other than that, um, just keep following us on Twitter. You know, we're, we're, uh, in, in a bit of a, a break spell here. Oh, we have Nope coming up soon. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot about yeah, that. Next Is week. it time already? Is it time already? So, yeah, yeah. There we go. We got some Nope movie review coming up for you guys. Jordan Peele back in the director's chair. Very excited for that. So, with all that said, we hope you guys have a wonderful day. And we'll see you guys next time. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. That was Devin. My name is Christian. We'll see you guys in the next one.